Welcome to the 111th episode of the Reading and Writing Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Rutherford. Stay tuned for my interview with J.L. Bourne, author of the Day-by-Day Armageddon series. Well, welcome back to the Reading and Writing Podcast. My guest today is J.L. Bourne, the author of the Day-by-Day Armageddon series. The latest book in the series, Day-by-Day Armageddon, Shattered Hourglass, was just published. John, thanks for doing the podcast. Thanks for joining me. Hey, hey, thanks for having me. I'm happy to be here. I'm going to go ahead and I'd like to read to to your listeners a couple paragraphs from Shattered Hourglass, if that's okay with you. That would be great. Okay. Page one. Shattered Hourglass. One November. Panama Canal. Task Force Hourglass. Chaos. Pure and complete. The scene below resembles an area following a Category 5 hurricane or aerial bombardment. The many canal structures still remained at the whim of the elements, showing creeping signs of decay and neglect. The jungle was already beginning to reclaim the canal regions, commencing a long bid to erase any evidence that man had split the continents a century before. Soulless figures walked about, searching, reacting to the firing of dead synapses. A corpse wearing only a mechanic's work shirt shuffled about the area. The mechanic had met its demise via the barrel of a Panamanian soldier's rifle back when the national curfew was still being enforced. He became it shortly after the punctured heart stopped and the body temperature began to fall, letting loose the mystery that reanimated dead people. The anomaly, as it was known, spread quickly throughout the mechanic's nervous system, altering key areas of sensory anatomy. It anchored and replicated in the brain but only in the sections where primal instinct developed and restored via DNA and electrochemical switches from eons of evolution. Along its path of self-replication and infection, the anomaly made a quick stop inside the ear canal. There it microscopically altered the physical makeup of the inner ear ossicles, enhancing the hearing. The eyes were the last stop. After a few hours of reanimation, the anomaly completed replication and replacement of certain cellular structures inside the eye resulting in rudimentary, short-range thermal sensory ability, balancing its depth-degraded vision. The former mechanic stopped and cocked its head sideways. It could hear noise in the distance, something familiar, a nanosecond flash of audible recognition. Then it was gone and forgotten. The sound grew louder, exciting the creature, causing salivation. Translucent gray fluid dribbled from its chin, hitting its bare and nearly skeletal leg. The mechanic took a step forward in the direction of the noise. The open tendons on top of its foot flexed and pulled the small foot bones as it moved. The creature sensed that the increasing sound was not natural, was not the wind or incessant rain noises it normally ignored. The creature's pace quickened as it reached a small patch of dense jungle trees. A snake struck out as the mechanic entered the foliage, slapping dead flesh and leaving two small holes in its nearly gone calf muscle. The creature paid no attention and continued to slog forward, nearly clearing the foliage. The chorus of souls be damned boomed out from all directions as the thing broke through to the clearing. Thank you for uh, letting me read a a few paragraphs from the, the new novel. 
Great. Well, if the listeners haven't heard of your day-by-day Armageddon series yet, how would you describe the series? I would say that uh, if they if they started in the beginning, it's it's one man's first-person account of surviving an undead apocalypse. It's uh, what this main character does and how this main character thinks as he reacts to his new environment, an environment where he's outnumbered by millions of undead. Great. Well, well. I, obviously, as as you're aware, and and the listeners are aware, zombies have have really in the past, um, I guess four or five years, really uh, had a renaissance in uh, popular culture with uh, the Walking Dead um, comic series and and then popular TV show and and many others as well. In in terms of your day by day Armageddon series, how did you first get interested in? And kind of the the zombie uh, mythos, if you will, and 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 what what appealed to you about uh, writing your own take of the zombie? Well, we have to go back in time, uh, ten years <laughs> back to uh, two thousand and three, before I guess zombies were cool. I guess you would say. Uh, back then, I started off uh, just a keyboard, a computer, and an internet connection. And I was reading some of the fiction out there in the genre. And, you know, I had a story inside of me that I could, that I wanted to tell. And I thought that maybe I could tell it uh, just as good as those that were, that were published out there uh, were telling the story. So I went ahead and put my fingers to keyboard and began writing day by day Armageddon, day, uh, chapter by chapter, day by day. And I started off uploading it uh, to the internet as a serial for free. And it gained a little traction from there. And and so where were you publishing that? Was it like on a a, a personal site or 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 what site were you were you uploading it? Yes, it was on a personal site that no longer exists. It was just uploaded uh, with a rudimentary HTML editor where I would just upload it and um, chapter by chapter. And I didn't know it at the time, but it was gaining readership. I didn't have any type of web counter or any way to <laughs> to know how much how much it was uh, you know how much interest it was it was gaining. But it was uh, it was it gained some interest as the months went on, and as the story unfolded, uh, I started getting some emails from folks uh, out there in the you know on the World Wide Web telling me you know how much they enjoyed it, and it eventually was discovered by a smaller press that picked it up. That's that's great. Um, wh- what did you think about the 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 whole process of publishing online? I mean, what what. Um, what was your, your thoughts? I mean, obviously you said you didn't have a web counter, so you didn't know who was reading it. And then you started getting emails. Well, the whole process, I mean, it was just, uh, every writer has a story that he or she wants to tell and the medium that they choose to tell it, it really doesn't define them as a writer. You know, a writer can be someone that, that uh, writes a story on, on a, his or her notepad or his or her for his own personal enjoyment. And uh, I just happened to put my writing out there for everyone to, to scrutinize and everyone to enjoy. And the process eventually led to being published through Permuted Press and then uh, following on through Simon & Schuster Gallery Books. That's great. Well, I know that you're, that you're active duty military. Were you, were you uploading that and, and writing the story while you were stationed overseas? Uh, I was. I was doing that while overseas. 
for some time. But, uh, you know, in the military, we don't spend all of our time overseas. So I did a lot of it while I was stateside as well, serving in the military. Sure. I've, uh, I've had numerous, I've had numerous tour tours of duty in operation Iraqi freedom and operation enduring freedom. So I've, I've definitely done some of my writing overseas and it, and some of my writing has been influenced by those experiences. And, and so, um, that that's kind of interesting. I mean, were were you were you? Uh, do you feel like? I mean, have you given it much thought? Did did that kind of take your mind off sometimes of being you know in country, so to speak, uh, to to be working on the story that you were working on? It really does. It's it's kind of a therapy type thing if you think about it. You know, uh, some of the pressures and daily travails at work. A lot of them are the same as the ones that people that, that go to the cubicles every day and they do important jobs with their companies. They experience the same kind of stresses that I might experience overseas. It's just the way it's leveraged is a little bit different. Sure, sure. Uh, so a typical day at the office when I'm deployed, uh, you know, it does involve pressure and it does involve long work hours. But uh, some people experience that, you know, at stateside with their with their jobs as well. Sure. So I'm I'm just curious. Had you written uh, any fiction prior to sitting down and starting the first day by day Armageddon book? I had written some fiction. It, it, no one's ever seen it but myself. But yes, uh, you know, I had sat down and uh, wrote some stories. I have not been formally trained uh, on how to write anything. I've never, you know, taken a class on uh, creative writing or anything like that, other than the normal undergrad type college classes you would take to to graduate undergrad, get your degree that way. So I've, I've not been formally or classically trained as a writer. I just kind of picked it up and, and put pen to paper and just made it happen. Sure. And, and were you, were you a big reader as well? Did that, did that kind of drive you into writing? Oh, no, not at all. It, 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 I would probably be on, I, if you were to classify me on a scale of readers, uh, 10 being a voracious re- reader, one being a guy that reads his, uh, I don't know, reads a, a newspaper every now and then. Uh, I'd probably be closer to like a two on that scale. <laughs> That's interesting. Um, so what, what do you find about your, your, your writing process now? Do you, do you do any, um, uh, do you do any outlining and thinking ahead of time in terms of the storyline or are you more of an organic writer and just kind of see where things go? I'm kind of organic. I think that when you, this is my opinion only, and, it, and it's and it's free opinion, and that's probably what it's worth, as much as people pay to hear it, is that uh, organic writing is the best way for me to tell a story. I feel that once you structure a story, you sort of box it in ahead of time. When when you write a story organically and it unfolds on its own, I think that's for me at least when the creative process really kind of happens. Sure. And and I'm curious. I mean, you you said as you explained, you were originally published by Permuted Press, and then they they have a a, um, a co-publishing deal with with Simon and Schuster. Um, given that you published the the first book online, as you mentioned, just in this kind of rudimentary website that you were uploading, have you given any thought now to 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 maybe experimenting with eBooks? Or are you uh, the the relationship with with Simon and Schuster kind of takes care of what you're writing now. You did have always been very good to me and always uh, been there for me when I was deployed overseas and the deadlines would come up and they would work with me. 
So I do have loyalty to those that have loyalty to me. So, uh, you know, uh, any type of ebook venture that I would get into, that I would write, I would, I would obviously um, go I'd give Simon and Schuster and Permuted a look at it, and we'd go from there. I'm not quite ready, or I don't really think that right now is the good time to jump into the uh, self-published ebook realm and just kind of throw your work out there to the shark pit and see what happens. Sure. I think sure. that um, I'm going to remain structured, at least in the near term. And as things evolve, which they will evolve, trust me, this conversation will be a different one 10 years from now when everyone's doing it that way, where they're just going to bypass publishers and and, uh, and, and go out there and uh, flood the market with their fiction and just see what survives. I think that's going to be uh, more of the future of publishing. Sure. That's kind of how things are evolving from my point of view. Right. Um, so, so given your, given your kind of unique take on, um, you know, publishing this novel originally online and then, and then taking the, the, the response and the, the positive response and popularity and, and working with permuted press and, and, um, the, the, the books that you've read, that you've written in the series so far, what, what advice would you have for someone who may be listening and is an aspiring writer trying to kind of, you know, work on their own, um, stories. Okay. Well, that, I mean, to me, this is, this is kind of a question near and dear to my heart. Writing and getting published was never my goal. I'll say that very honestly. Not once have I ever sought out a publisher. Not once have I mailed one manuscript to any publisher. Uh, That's just not something I've ever done. It wasn't my goal in the beginning. My goal in the beginning was to write a story that people would want to read and to write something from the heart. And that, that was my goal in the beginning. And to me, that's the only real way uh, to succeed, is you, you can't write with the ambition of getting published, because to me, uh, that's great, but it's still very underwhelming. Uh, it's not a, a big deal to me. To me, the big deal is the story, and writing something that people want to read, and that people grow to love, and people will talk about long after I'm shoveled into my grave. That's that's good advice. So so, what are you working on now? Well, right now I've, I've got some things going on with uh, with Simon and Schuster. I've got a project I'm working on now. Uh, of course, the, my military obligations have my primary focus. But when I'm not working and I get a chance to to go home and uh, you know be with my family and I get some free time, then I work on that at night. And I, I, there is a project pending right now. I really can't speak about it at this moment because it's sure. still ongoing and, and still being discussed about how it's going to be rolled out. But I do have something going on there. I, I'm not a traditional writer in a sense. I've never called myself a writer. Like I said, you know, most writers that are out there doing this for a living, they uh, they pump out a couple books a year and they, they do a lot of book signings and a lot of publicity. That really isn't me. I'm an active duty naval officer. And I'm lucky to get one book out in a year based on my full-time obligation. I don't write for a living. I just do it as a hobby and as, as an enjoyment, as an outlet for the, t- the things I've seen and things I've experienced in the military and other places. So it's not really – I never really called myself a writer, uh, to be honest with you. I always kind of laugh when people say I'm a writer. I, just, it's, I don't take myself too seriously when it, when it comes to labeling myself with that title. Sure. And and what what are people who are um, who work with you in the in the in the Navy? What 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 do they think about your your books? 
Well, I, I don't discuss it. You know, I, I, <laughs> I, it's no it's no secret. I, I I write under a pseudonym, and and people I just don't discuss. I don't discuss that aspect. I don't I don't offer it as something to, to for them to know about. You know, if every now and then someone somehow figures it out and they come up to me discreetly, and they'll you know say, hey, I didn't know you did all this, and then I'll ask them how they found out and this and that. And they'll say they recognize my voice from something like this, a podcast, or they'll recognize me from some very obscure, small clip it where I happen to be uploaded to the Internet or something like that. Right. It's not something that I publicize. or I, you know, As you notice, if you've looked at any of my books, I don't, put my, I don't stand there with my, uh, with my glamour shot of me you know, with an American flag <laughs> waving in the background, standing there with authority as I've written a book and I'm great and I want everyone to see me. It's not the kind of person I am. I'm a sure. very private individual. Sure, sure. Well, well, obviously this podcast is, is, you know, primarily, um, about, you know, obviously books and, and, and writing and, and reading, but, you know, given your, given your, you know, background and your experience, you know, what, what do you feel? And, 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 you know, if, if you do, I mean, what, what would you want, um, someone listening, you know, uh, 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 an American who's listening, what what would you want them to take away that maybe they, they haven't thought about or, or, um, haven't considered or, um, you know, from, from your unique perspective of, of, you know, uh, the operations that are going on currently in, in Iraq and in Afghanistan. Well, as a tool of the of our elected civilian leadership, you know, uh, it's not really appropriate for me to comment on my, you know, what how I feel about all this. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. I've been in, I'm in the military 18 years. As of the time of this podcast, I've got 18 years in the military, and most of that's been at war, as you know. If you can sure. count mm-hmm. back 10, you know, we're you know, so uh, I'm tired. I can say that, and I think that my yeah. brothers and sisters out there that have been with me for 10 years are tired as well. Sure. We're weary, and that's not that's not a political statement. Sure, sure. That is just a fact. No, I mean, I, I, I wasn't really, tired, uh, I wasn't really yeah. thinking about it from a from a from a political statement. Um, I guess let let me rephrase mm-hmm. this a little bit. I mean, um, you know, given your given your you know unique position, um, you know, uh, uh, as opposed to someone who's not you know active duty military. You know, is there is there anything sure. that you is there anything that you would think that um you know that that someone who's not active duty could could possibly do to um you know to support you know what you guys are doing on a on a you know basic human you know level, not you know leaving well, politics aside. Sure, on a basic human level, the best way to support is to stay informed. You know, and I mean what I mean by that is. Staying apolitical in this podcast, Americans that are informed of the current events and of the issues of the day and of how things are going, and Americans that are well versed on the United States Constitution and what it says in there, um, I think will will and then you know trickle down effect will cause um, positive change and positive things to happen in the country for my American readers. If you're not in the military, uh, you know, uh, uh, you're the same to me. We're all Americans. And um, those that are in the military that are the, the, the spear tip or the, or the pointy end of, the, of our uh, offensive capability that are out there every day, they definitely know, you know, 
how policy affects um, things that happen overseas. And I think that if you're not part of that system, you're still part of the system because, as you know, the military, we don't produce things. We are consumers of your tax dollars. So you're part of that chain because you're the producers. Those of you listening out there that aren't in the military, you're, you're producing so we can consume, so we can affect policy. And as, as informed as you can become through reading the news, through things like that, and through just uh, staying informed in current events, um, the more informed you'll be when you go to the polls and you can decide on your end how your tax dollars are spent. That's, what, that's, the, best way to, that's the best way to affect, to, to help, to stay right. informed. Great. Well, uh, again, we've been speaking with J.L. Bourne, the author of the Day by Day Armageddon series. It's available in bookstores now, available as ebooks as well. And the latest book in the series, Day by Day Armageddon Shattered Hourglass, was just published. So check that out as well. Um, and I'll have a link in the show notes to J.L.'s website, and you can check out all the books there. Um, J.L., thanks for doing this interview. Hey, thanks for having me on. It's been a pleasure. I'd like all you out there that are listening to just keep the faith, write something every day, whether or not uh, you feel like you're going to publish it or not, just sit down and write something every day. You never know where that one day of inspiration is going to bring you. It might bring you to your next published novel. Great. That's some great words. Thanks a lot. Thank you. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.